Dustin, had to. You good? Go get some more leftover coffee. Ah, you're good, man. I got um, my trusty water over here. Do you know uh, why I can have coffee at nine thirty at night? And it's Is okay. It no, <laughs> that would be a really stupid <laughs> question, wouldn't it? Because it's decaf. <laughs> because it's decaf. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, because you're just, you're tired all the time. I am that tired, but like there, I've, I've, I've recently like, it's been recently explained to me essentially the science of why that logic is works. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure usually when I do this podcast, like I don't sleep very uh, much to into the next day because of how late we're up doing it. But it's also because like it just jazzes my brain up. And so it's sure. I'm not shutting down yet. Yeah. Um, but like when you essentially, um, I learned this from, uh, Dr. Matthew Walker, who's not directly, of course, uh, because he's like this sleep scientist who's been on like the Joe Rogan experience and he has a master class class. Hmm. Um, and he also like works for like the American sleep studies center or something in Berkeley. Hmm. So he's a sleep scientist. And, um, and so when you are, when you are awake during the day, your body builds up this hormone called adenosine and adenosine, I believe is like a hormone that it's like an accumulation of, Hey, you're tired. Like as the adenosine gets layered on, it's like more and more quantities of this hormone that like tells you like, look, you're, you're tired. And then of course, when you get to sunset and the blue light from the sun uh, disappears from view, uh, your body starts to release melatonin and it starts to go, you start to recognize and um, react to the adenosine that's in your system. Mm. And things like blue light because of the sun, um, you know, phones, screens, stuff like that, um, which we do this show and I've got two screens just blowing my face out. Yeah. Um, And caffeine Mm -hmm. uh, um, and other stimulants because caffeine doesn't wake you up. Caffeine's Mm -hmm. not like you don't drink a Coke or have a cup of coffee and like, Oh my God, I'm awake. Yeah. Uh, There's some dopamine with it, but the main thing that caffeine does is it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't wake you up. It blocks adenosine. Mm -hmm. It blocks the recognition of adenosine by your body. Mm. Um, and I think that what the reason I can have it is because my body's just built up so much adenosine that it's like, <laughs> imagine like a cup of coffee blocks, like two adenosines yeah, like on each other's shoulders, looking over a fence, like, yeah. Oh, the, the caffeine fence is too high. I've got like nine adenosines and they're like, yeah. nope, that's cool. That's not that big of a fence. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's what's going on. So, um, this, this is that me recommending right. anyone. And this is me recommending to people. If you just listen to everything I just said, and you're like, Oh, cool. Um, go, go listen to Dr. Matthew Walker. Um, either I'll give you, I'll give you three ways. Okay. How about that? Go watch the masterclass. That's one. Go read his book. Why? I think it's why we sleep or why do we sleep? Why we need sleep? Something like that, uh, which I have read. I've done all three of these things. Okay. That's why I'm, and there is the Joe Rogan episode, which is like three hours of him talking about why you should sleep. Um, yeah. I was listening to it, Dustin, on uh, the masterclass on the way up to your house. Ah, okay. And then back. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Cause cool. I had all that time and it was yeah. super pleasing. Um, yeah. He has a nice voice. They played some real ambient music yep. and uh, really, really cool information. You learn a bunch of stuff and cool. um, you might go to bed earlier, which is good for you. Yeah, man. That makes sense. So like I, I've long said caffeine doesn't really do anything in terms of keeping me up at night. Like some people will drink, you know, a coffee or, or you know, a soda or something before bed and mm-hmm. then they, you know, can't sleep for another couple hours or whatever. Yeah. And like, I'm not that way. I could literally have a, a Coke on my bedside table and still sleep. It, it, yeah. I, I don't, but I could. And, and, and so it's like, um, yeah, my, my wife asked me recently, how, how, how does that not, uh, like, how are you not super awake after you have that or whatever? And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm going to point you to Bruce Banner in the Avengers. Oh. That's my secret cap. 
I'm always sleepy. I'm always sleepy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's it, yeah. Same, same, same for me. It's just like, I, yeah. uh, why, why can you clean it for a while? For, for years, it's been like my wife, the envy of my wife who like has a lot of trouble getting to sleep. Yeah. Like, why can you just fall asleep? It's like, because I'm chronic, it's, it's really sad. I'm chronically underslept. Like yeah. I yeah. deserve to go to sleep immediately because I've yeah. earned it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I'm the I, same way. I would, I would love to be so well slept that going to sleep was difficult for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good problem my, to have. My, my wife also like thinks a lot and I have the ability yeah. to compartmentalize and yeah, be like, yeah. day's over, bye. <laughs> it's the exact same thing for me. <laughs> my wife's like, like Googling stuff. Like I wonder if, you know, you know. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Anxiety. Anxiety is not hilarious, but I will say it's the same for me where I just go like, whatever, I'll, I'll think about that tomorrow. Like, I'm just I'm a lot better going like, who cares? I'm tired. <laughs> I, I I am so good at it. It's it's not even funny. I can literally be here and just be like, ah, day's over out. And and my wife's like, day's over. Let me think about everything I have to do tomorrow. Yeah. And, and I'm like, nope, not tomorrow. I ain't doing it. I did that at four o'clock. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yep, already <laughs> I, made my list. I'm good. I did that during the afternoon where I was having a hard time staying awake. And so yeah, right. I, I started I decided to start worrying about things and that got me through to dinner. <laughs> That's exactly right. And now the day's over. So <laughs> yeah. bye everybody. See ya. Good night going, and good luck. Going to Betty bye. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin's out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's that's some that's some sleep knowledge f- for you guys. Yep. Um, all right. Um, you know what else sleeps? No. What? Do they? Do fish sleep? I guess. Huh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, an animal can't be awake 24-7. According to Noah.gov, while fish do not sleep in the same way that land mammals sleep, most fish do rest. Research shows oh. that fish may reduce their activity and metabolism while remaining alert to danger. Some fish float in place. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they just go, whoop. they just quit. Whoop. Whoop. Done. Uh, some wedge themselves into a secure spot in the mud or coral, and some even locate a suitable nest. Oh. So they don't like so they don't sleep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like dolphins don't really sleep, and it's like, yeah, fish don't. Yeah, they don't yeah, need yeah. sleep the same way we do. There's yeah. a lot more danger. <laughs> right. Well, like well, one thing that the, the, the Dr. Walker said was like, you would think that like the fact that sleep overrides our drive to reproduce or in to a certain extent, get food. Hmm. That's it's like, that must be, that must be, a, there must be a huge biological natural selective imperative to why we need to sleep because like otherwise because most people just think of sleep as like oh it's just dead time it's like i'm not doing anything you know especially if like you're a driven like overachiever you're just like i'll sleep when i'm dead you know but it's like no like sleep is where like everything your body fixes itself and you you store long-term memories and your muscles repair and your tissue repairs and everything gets better if you just sleep yep um that's so crazy to me. Like I, I've heard that before where people are, people say like, I, I don't have time to sleep or I work too much uh-huh. to sleep or I, I'm too, you know, whatever. I'm a night owl and an early bird, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just don't sleep much, you know? And, and I'm always like, that is crazy to me. And because, <laughs> cause I have always loved sleep. Like, sleep is I, great. <laughs> I love sleep. It's fantastic. But I'm one of the people that would be like, you know, if I could take a pill tomorrow and never have to eat again in my life, I'd mm. do it in a, in a heartbeat. I, I would hate take eating. The, mm, which would okay? There's a would you rather if you took if you had to take a pill, and it either would take away the I would say need and opportunity. So it's not like yeah. I don't need to eat, but I like food. But I will. Yeah. You can never and don't ever need to eat again. Yeah. Or you can never and don't ever need to sleep again. Yeah. I think if I could take away, I think I'd take this the not sleep one. Really. I would take away, well, I would, I'd be regret it if I were like lost in the wilderness. I'd be like, oh, it's cool. I don't have to sleep, but I can't find food and I still have to eat. Yeah. I wish right. Dustin were here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I need him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but yeah. like, but I think it would be the sleep because like I do enjoy sleep. Um, but 
I am a person who would prefer to stay awake mm. because I got all this stuff I'm trying to do. Mm. So like for me, it's just like, oh, I could like, I could read an, an entire book in a single day if I didn't have to sleep. And if I, See, you know, never felt tired and stuff like that. Like, but for me, it's like, if I, if yeah. I don't ever get to eat again, I can't like eat steak anymore or, sure. you know. Sure. Let me, let me persuade you. Okay. Okay. So I can't, I, it, I'm the other way. I, I've, I've never, I do not ever have to eat again and I'm okay. never going to eat anything again. I save a ton of money. Mm. I save a lot of headache of what am I going to eat today? Mm. What am I going to do for lunch? What am Ooh. I going to do for dinner? I get to save all that. I still get all the perks. If, if somebody's like, Hey, do you want to go, uh, go to dinner? Sure. I'll go. I'm not going to eat, mm -hmm. but I'll go, you know, I still get to sit. I still get to enjoy conversation. I still get to be there while y'all are eating. If you take away sleep, there's a huge chunk of my day mm -hmm. that I can't socialize because everybody else is asleep. Uh, <laughs> I don't, true. I don't save any money. Well, and let, me, let me counter persuade you. Let okay. Me, let okay. Me, let me persuade back. Okay. If I never have to sleep again, I can, I can secure more employment while all that everyone else I know is asleep. Yep. I'm like, I'm doing my third job. I'm but over why here would like, you want to? So why I can, is that so a selling I, point? So I, I can, don't want it. To, I don't want a third. I don't want another job. Well, not a full, not a full time job. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But, sure. But because then I could make more money. I could, uh, I could make more money and sure. although it wouldn't, I think after a while I'd probably get old, but I wonder if like, you never had to sleep again. Would you feel like, can you feel burnout? I don't know. If you're, if you're, if you I assume don't you'd still feel, feel like psychological burnout, you'd probably be like, this is kind of sad that like my, literally my entire life is working now. Not just like two thirds yeah, of it, right. but like all of it, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, I think you totally still get burned out. Maybe, but I think for me in the short term, I'd be like, well, uh, cool. I can, I can work now. I can work like four jobs for like, you know, six years and, you know, or like whenever I felt like it, like, oh man, yeah. money's tight. I guess I'll go get a third job since I don't have to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was, it'd be like more of the ability of like, yeah, I'll just go, I'll just work at a call center overnight when my family's asleep and I'll just sit here and, you know, play solitaire and talk to people. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> you know, make $9 an hour. True. And I guess, I guess really a case can be made if you're like, no, 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 you know, you could, you don't have to sleep so you can do all your leisure activities, you right. know, you know, all your hobbies or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Sure. Except unless my hobby is like something that's daytime specific. Uh, but because I'm assuming my, my schedule is still the same. It's just when I would be sleeping, I am awake. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so my hobbies can't involve shopping because everything's closed right it can't involve anything with like you know uh sunlight because that that's not happening right uh but but all that to say like that that may be a better a better use of my time rather than rather than persuade me by saying you'll get to work more mm -hmm. to say you'll get to play more but even still I'm like, nah, I just, I'll just take the food away and I'll sleep. Cause I, I like the routine of, all right, day's done. Let me close out this day done. I think if I never slept, I'd never have that sense of like a day I'm is finished. over. Yeah. Like every day would bleed into the next yeah. day and you'd never like the passage of time would be non-existent to you. Yeah. Well, that's true. Boy. I know. Tough. <sighs> Tough. Wow. Well. I tell you what, though, if I didn't, if I hadn't slept and, uh, and if I never needed to sleep, I'd have a lot more time to have watched underwater. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale from one to ten, how bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How will we even get there? We walk up. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! What was that? Turn your lights off. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
That's how I got out of that conversation. That's, that's <laughs> a fair segue. <laughs> that's a fair segue. All right, Dustin, tell me about Underwater. Underwater um, is a film that exists. It was released, what, 2020? I think it was 2020. Um, and I'll, I'll fact check myself as I speak, but it stars Kristen Stewart and uh, a bunch of other people that I recognize but don't know really. It is 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but your favorite person, TJ Miller, is in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know um, who likes him more, me or John. Correct. Uh, it's directed by uh, William Eubank and <laughs> written by Adam Kozad and Brian Duffield. Um, the story follows Kristen Stewart, who is aboard a a, a deep sea um, sort of uh, you know science expedition. Um, they are drilling for some reason that I can't remember. And, uh, and she, she lives down there and has for quite some time when the film opens, she, uh, is brushing her teeth and like getting ready for bed. And she recognizes that something's off because there's a leak. And then the leak gets bigger. And suddenly the, uh, the research station that she's in begins to implode and the water begins to fill the research station. She meets up with another um, survivor and they are able to work their way to find more survivors and generate a plan of escape from the uh, deep Mariana Trench um, outpost. And and that's basically the story. Um, this was sold to me by the trailer that made it seem like it was just aliens but underwater or, or rather alien but underwater. And and that's kind of how I would pitch it to you. It's alien under but underwater, and instead of aliens, it's underwater stuff happening. Yeah, um, I was literally thinking that as you spoke to this. I was like, "Oh, scientists in a base, and they have to be there for a while." And then, uh, yep, that is yeah. exactly what it is. It's it's alien, but um, it's it's fine. I mean, you know, it it's not. It's nothing super special. It's not like Alien where you're going to be thinking about this for a while or anything like that. I, I gave it two and a half stars. Um, If three is it's fine and two is it didn't piss me off, you know, it's in the middle of those things. It's maybe a little less than fine, but, you know, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad to have spent my time with it, but it I can't really say because it's under three. I can't really say I recommend it to anybody. Um, but I guess if you have some sort of inherent interest, I'm not going to dissuade you from seeing it. Um, but the main sort of my main takeaway here is, um, well, I'll just read you what I wrote on Letterboxd. What I wrote on Letterboxd was this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Survival isn't a sufficient character goal. Mm. Wanting to defeat the monster isn't a sufficient character goal. Good stories are about why the character wants to survive and what the defeat of the monster represents to our hero's personal journey. That is sort of the crux of my issue with the film. Um, Kristen Stewart's character is mostly one dimensional and and throughout the the film you do kind of learn a little bit more about her um Nora is a um a you know she's a young woman but she as we come to find out it's not a spoiler whatever she's recently widowed and um so this kind of you know is heavy on her um and i would say that two things one she starts and ends this the movie in roughly the same psychological space um so it's not as if she's taken some great mental journey um and overcome you know her fear of being alone or whatever you might associate with somebody who's a widow you know because you could do it that way she 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 feels alone she's you know afraid of feeling alone whatever or she's uh, she's feeling like she has to run into social situations um, and like develops quick bonds with people because she's looking for somebody to fill the role uh, that her husband filled as her best friend or whatever. Like you go a million ways with that, with that type of story, but they didn't really choose anything um, at the beginning of the movie. Um, 
she say so there's um they're underwater again and she is brushing her teeth and a spider is in the sink um not quite sure how the spider's underwater, but okay. Um, there's a spider in the sink and she thinks about squashing the spider, but ends up letting the spider live. Um, and at the end of the film, and, and I guess this is like her mental, her mental state is like, oh, I'm a pacifist or something. I don't know what that's supposed to be telling me. And at the end of the film, she's, you know, hell bent on killing this monster and like, as if that's a dichotomy that exists. And I'm like, I don't think that's a strong enough thematic change for a character to be like, well, I won't kill a spider, but I will kill this monster that's trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think anybody would do that same thing. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not really a super strong thematic thing. It's like the movie um, is like. Under the right circumstances, even nonviolent people will resort to, you know, rev- violence or whatever. Right. It's like, and I'm like, eh, well, does she okay. kill like her crewmates? I don't think so. No. And in fact, she saves her crewmates. So like the, you know, or, or attempts to save her crewmates. So the idea is like, okay, well, so she saved the spider and the crewmates, which means she's in the exact same mental space that she was when she started the film. Yeah. Um, so there's really either she's in the exact same space or she's learned to kill things that mean her harm. But that's not really like a lesson that is related thematically to being a widow. Um, so I'm not sure what they're getting at. It's like they're, they've got a few ideas, but none of it really pans out. And, and, you know, like I said, I don't think it, it matters that, you want to survive a um, a cataclysmic uh, failure of your research station to to keep you alive, and I don't think it's enough to say like I want to kill a monster, um, and then and then be like well, why so I can survive? Well, yeah, like everyone wants to survive, so like why are you special? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So so I, I said this. I think we we talked about The Walking Dead at one point, and I was like. At a certain point, their only survival, I mean, the only goal they had was to survive. Yeah. And that's when I started to lose interest because I want to survive. Why would I want to watch a show about people who also want to survive? Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, if, if you showed me a story about someone who doesn't want to survive and learns to want to survive, that's a story. But telling me a story about somebody who wants to survive and then struggles to stay surviving only very rarely can that work. And in those circumstances where it does, it's because the survival of whatever it is, whether it's wilderness, whether, you know, like man versus nature or yeah. man versus man or whatever it is, whatever they're up against is a thematic response to whatever they're going through already within their own character psyche. Um, yeah. It reminds me of like, um, and there's a lot of good examples, but what's coming to mind uh, is a, a weird example, um, on the road or the road, the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Cormac McCarthy book. Um, and, and of course the film of Viggo Mortensen and it's like, he wants, he wants to survive, but yeah. he he's key and he wants his son to survive, but he's not, it's not just about like, I gotta keep, you know, I gotta keep my son alive. It's sort of like, I have to preserve like a civilized way to live. Yeah. Like it's not just about us living because like there's lines they don't cross. They're not going to, they're not going to join the cannibals. Like, you know, but like the whole point of that film. And of course, by the end of it, like, you know, uh, the way it ends, it's like, it's a, it's, it's not just about the survival of this kid. It's about the survival of like civil as a humanity. Yeah. Like, so it it has to carry some greater significance or, or symbolism at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, this, this is the same with like the book of Eli, which I always put in the same camp as the road, um, which is like, okay, I want to survive, but it's because I'm delivering this book to this place. Okay, great. Like there's your story. What's the book have to do with anything? Well, you'll find out over the course of the film. But mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's to me, um, survival, like you think about survival movies, right? Like, you know, um, 
the gray or, you know, I don't know, any number of survival and nature films. It's always representative of something like nature is never just nature. Nature is the stand in for whatever the character is going through internally. Mm -hmm. And and that's when a story matters and when it has meaning. And I think here. You know, you're up against a monster. Great. That's fine. But and you want to survive, you know, the trials of living underwater and the monster. Okay, well, that's great. But but why? Like to what end you want to get to the surface? Why to what end? If it was if it was established that like her husband died in the line of duty at this outpost and she's eager to leave the outpost. And so now there's an opportunity to leave the outpost. Okay. I want to, because I'm dying down here because all I can do is see him everywhere I go. Yeah. Right. Like now you're starting to build a character, but, but if, if all it is, is number one, I'm a widow. Number two, I want to live. Okay. Well, what's your goal to live? To live as a widow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know that those things don't mean Sounds anything. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Like, tell me something. Um, you know, as dumb as it is, maybe she falls in love with somebody there as they're trying to survive, you know, and it's like, oh, can I love again? And and the monster represents the uncertainty of of relationships. I don't even care. I don't, I don't care. All I all I know is it needs to mean something. And represent something. So to me, the film has a lot of work that it needs mm-hmm. screenplay wise to actually resonate. But having said that, there's some cool moments in this um, and the performers do a pretty good job. TJ, TJ Miller excluded. <laughs> and uh, and uh, a monster. Yes, he is. He is a monster. <laughs> you are correct. Um, no, no, no. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think that, um, yeah, it just need the screenplay just needed another pass and somebody needed to say, what does this mean to our character? And, and that's all it needed because it has some cool ideas. Um, nothing groundbreaking. Again, it's just alien underwater, but you know, it had some decent ideas. And so, um, it could have been okay. Um, and instead it's just, okay. You know what I mean? Like it could have been good, but it's just okay. And so two and a half stars is where I landed on it. Again, I don't really recommend it unless you're just super into something. I said, like, I'm a big fan of Kristen Stewart, to which I'd say why. And if you say I'm a big fan of underwater movies, I'd say, okay, cool. James Cameron, that must be you talking to me behind (laughs) your computer monitor. Um, And, you know, so like, yeah, whatever. But but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I wondered about this one, but uh, didn't hear much about it before you said you'd seen it. So it kind of it kind of did disappear. And I don't know. I don't know when in 2020 it was released. Like if it was like a January. Oh, okay. So it was, it was before January. the pandemic. So it was just like yeah. everybody just kind of like no one. There wasn't a hunger to see something in theaters yet. You yeah, know? there was yeah. like, oh, cool, it's January. And yeah. apparently, the, the fun fact: this was the last film under the 20th Century Fox name before the studio rebranded really? to 20th Century Studios. This is 20th Century wow. Fox's last, last film. Film. Interesting. Great. What a way to go out. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> interesting okay See, to them disney was the monster <laughs> <laughs> now if that was the yeah if that's what they were going for sure yeah yeah i want to live like well instead of, of a course, spider at the at the beginning it was a mouse yeah just a big <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm going to throw some philosophy at you to bridge the gap between <clears throat> our two films tonight. Okay. All right. Hit me. So I've been reading and studying, I'll call it studying a lot of philosophy lately. And um, 
there's, uh, of course, not enough because I can't remember who said this. I don't know if it was like Seneca or like Marcus Aurelius, but one of them was saying, um, uh, talking about death and uh, the, the fear of death and it being like, why are you afraid of dying so that you can do this again tomorrow? And this mm-hmm. being like whatever stupid thing that you're like preoccupied with, like yeah. you're scrolling or you're, if you're going to fear death, like make sure it's because like you really truly love your life or there's something you want to preserve and sure you were talking about how underwater kind of and other things lack that characterization where people where characters if you could just pause the movie and like pull the screen open and just like look at Kristen Stewart and be like can you tell me what just real quick can you tell me what life means to you yeah right Uh, would you just tell me real quick just a quick essay about about why life is meaningful to you yes um because i don't i'm looking at you and i'm i'm like i don't even know yeah uh um, i like that you did the tim allen grunt uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh we were watching um that tell you, I told you I was, we were watching that Santa Claus, um, the show mini series show. They no, did. I didn't know. And, uh, <clears throat> at some point they're making a, a sign like the, everyone's making a sign at the North pole, um, uh, to, to see off Santa Claus <clears throat> and it's all the individual letter signs. So it takes like, you know, 50 elves to, to put it up. And oh, I heard about this and, and it's, it just says, we love you, Satan. Satan. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I laughed so hard. <laughs> Did you know after that, like it was trending for a while and like there was a bunch of like mom groups that came out saying like Disney's showing their real hand. They love Satan. Like <laughs> boycott this show. <laughs> and it was so loud that Tim Allen had to come out and be like, it's a joke. Oh my God. It's a fucking joke. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yep. Go, go back to your PTA groups. Oh, it's so funny. It's yeah. so funny. It's, it, it was, I, I, I couldn't believe it was in like a, uh, uh, like a yeah, children's yeah, yeah. show but i was like yeah that's funny when else can you make a joke like that it's right it, the letters come yeah, on yep yep if you're mad about that you should wonder you should like wonder of the whole institution of christmas you should wonder like is santa claus really satan like right in the first place like yeah. if, if all it took was swapping some letters yep what's under then- that hat Right. Is it horns? Yeah, he's got horns under the hat. Why is he red? Why do you like red so much? Like the devil? Yeah. Why do you have a naughty list? Do you like to punish people? Why do you give out coal? Because they're <laughs> burning in hell? Because there's coal everywhere in hell and you got like an endless supply of it? <laughs> no, because he's based on St. Nicholas. Why do you have elves? You like slavery? <laughs> What's up with that? You know? <laughs> no, that's voluntary. Yeah. <laughs> the elves get yeah. get paid yeah. and they have they're provided room and board. It's not slavery. No, it's called delegating, okay? I don't like slavery, all right? Stupid. God. It's just if you have a dream to become a dentist, you can't do that, okay? It's not slavery. <laughs> We're just going to prevent you from ever leaving. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um the whole point of that was to say uh, I, I I linked I chose my the the film I'm talking about tonight. Sorry, I chose to talk about it tonight specifically because it 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 uh, it differs from your film in that mm. sense. I'm talking about 2002's Road to Perdition. Now what the hell are you thinking? He saw everything. Can he keep a secret? He's my son. A man of honor always keeps his word. Michael, tomorrow when they find out we're gone, they're going to come after us. I have to protect you now. I'd like to apologize, especially to you, Pa. You would like to apologize? Sons are put on this earth to trouble their fathers. Natural law. You got to take him now. I know who to call. There's a guy who's done some work for us in the past. To be paid to do what you love. That the dream? Get out! I cannot fight you and them at the same time. I can take care of myself fine. You think it's my fault this happened? It was not your fault. You won't make it. Not with a little boy.
What are you gonna do? Just one last thing, and then it's done. Look out for the tractor, Michael. Watch out for the tractor! We made it! Oh, yeah, yeah, we made it. This is the life we chose, the life we lead. And there is only one guarantee. None of us will see heaven. Michael could. So Road to Perdition came out in 2002, obviously uh, July of 2002. Um, and it was directed by Sam Mendes, who we love on um, the Hoopercast, I think. I mean, we like things yeah. Sam Mendes has done. Yeah, I like, I like Sam Mendes. I wouldn't be like, oh, I love all his movies. I'm not entirely sure sure um, yeah all the movies he did did he do american beauty he sure did he god did. i yes. love american beauty that's a good movie um but uh yeah so this is based on a book um and it stars tom hanks paul newman jude law and the people might forget jennifer jason lee is in here um pretty unrecognizable um and then we've got Stanley Tucci in here, which of course he's just great, and um, Daniel Craig. Yeah, it's interesting. We talked to <clears throat> this is the same night we recorded Glass Onion. Yep, which also stars Daniel Craig, and uh, we talked about Underwater, um, which features Jessica Henwick. So, yep, that's pretty cool. Yeah, sort of. Um, sure, that's cool. It's, it's as cool as long as that sentence was, and that's it. Yes. Um. All right, so this movie, uh, this movie is about uh, it's 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 1931, and um, it's a a, um, a movie about essentially the the Irish mob in where they live, Chicago ish, the Chicago area, yeah. and um, uh, Tom Hanks is like a like an enforcer. Um, what is that? Would, would that be fair to say his position? Yeah. 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 Enforce. Yeah. That's what it says here. Okay, cool. Um, and he works for John Rooney, <clears throat> um, played by, uh, played by, um, uh, 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 Jesus, Paul Newman. And, mm-hmm. um, who was based on an actual mob boss named John Looney. Mm-hmm. Weird. You'd think that John Looney was like the silly fake name they came up with. Like, right. oh, come on guys. Looney. Looney. No, Rooney sounds a lot better. Um, yeah. as a character's name and, um, yeah. sounds pretty Irish too. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and so at a certain, so the film, the, what the movie's about is, um, uh, uh, Tom Hanks's son witnesses some of the work that his father does and that causes the two of them to have to go on the run, yeah. um, from the organization. And it's about how he, deals with that now on its face same thing oh they're just trying to survive right what is different i'll go ahead and say just since we're talking about that specific uh plot element uh tonight is that because i was thinking about it when i was trying to figure out how do we pair up these movies and i'd read your letterbox about underwater and the central flaw of the movie being survival is not good enough and i was like oh it's weird i just watched road of perdition where Yes, Tom Hanks and is trying to keep his son alive and himself alive, uh, but it's more than just survival. It is, well, you know, this isn't much better, but there's there's a, there's an element of revenge to it, and yep. there's also this idea throughout the movie that Tom Hanks wanted and now desperately wants to give his son an opportunity to not grow up the way he did. He yeah. grew up. Um, a directionless young boy, which is how he fell in with doing working for the mob and however mm-hmm. respectable and brotherly it feels at times. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and the, the, the lore is at the end of the day, it is an organization of killers yeah. and thieves who, who think they're a- acting ethically, but in reality they're criminals and they're right. scum. Yeah. And, um, and it's not until he's the victim of that. Does he really fully like, is he really fully ready to reconcile with that? He spends a lifetime lying to himself about, you know, the nature of his work and what kind of a man that makes him. And he justifies it like we all do. And then he is faced with, are you going to break the cycle? Is Are your kids going to grow up like this? Yeah. Um, or are you like, do you want your kids to grow up working for, for John Rooney or, um, or 
you know, what happens when they find out what their dad really does. Um, And so it's a movie about, it's a father son movie in that way. It's a movie about breaking the cycle. It's a a wanting better for your kids, um, you know, all that stuff. And so it's not just survival. It is, I've got to get my son out of this alive so that he can have a better life, you know? And I regret that I couldn't do it sooner and give my entire family a better life. Yeah. Well, and trying to keep a family member, especially like a child's survival, that to me is different enough of a character goal. Yeah. Like if you're just like, I want to survive. Okay, great. Cool. But if you're like, I want to provide survival for my child. Yeah. That's already different enough that it's okay. You're, you're, you know, you're differentiating yourself from something like underwater already, you know, even without the other stuff, but yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. But like, it definitely came to mind and it's, it, 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 it's rich with theme in that sense. Like it really is, um, you know, the consequences, <clears throat> the consequences of violence. Anytime a movie deals with that, you know, Logan yeah. did this, like it, it, it was a, it was a, a lot about the consequences of a hard life of violence and revenge. And, yeah. you know, this movie is essentially about that as well. And yeah. the score is so great. Thomas Newman uh, did the music for this. Um, the performances are great. Um, Tom Hanks is good in this. Paul, uh, Paul Newman, of course, is uh, fantastic in this. Um, uh, and, uh, Daniel Craig is really good in this, um, Jude Law. And, um, of course, who plays the kid here? You said he plays Tyler Hecklin, Tyler Hecklin. Um, where the hell is he? There we go. Um, who grows up to, to, to be one of the actors who plays Superman. Yep. Sure. Could have come in handy. Um, a lot of times yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love Road to Perdition. Um, this was on, this popped up on Hulu. I think it was, mm. thank God, because my DVD was a full screen and I literally threw it in the garbage oh, no. when, I, when I found that out. So did you, I did. Um, I, I have, I have just a DVD copy as well, but it is widescreen. I was like, I, I don't have any use for this. I yep. don't have any use You're for done. this. This is, this is useless to me. It's a brick. Yep. Um, yeah, dude, I'm, uh, I like Road to Perdition. I would, uh, I would I'd recommend it to anyone who didn't see it um, when it initially came out. Um, I think it's a great Tom Hanks film because it's not just whoa, goofy Tom Hanks. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's um, no Tom Hanks is going to shoot a Tommy gun. And um, yeah. I saw you know. this for the first time when we were in college, and I remember um, this won't mean anything to anybody else. Probably, I remember being like, okay, so Tom Hanks is in it, and it's not like a goofy, kid friendly Tom Hanks. Uh, I have to see this. And so I remember going to movie stop and like finding it amongst their shelves and they had one copy. And I was like, yeah. And so I bought, I bought it because it used to be kids. This was before the days of Redbox. <laughs> it used to be the cheapest option was just to go to movie stop and buy a used copy of a movie rather than like, you know, buy it on iTunes or whatever. Like that was the only other option. And so that's what I would do. And so I still have the DVD that I bought at Movie Stop. And uh, yeah, man, I, ha- I have not watched it since college, but but I, I remember really enjoying this movie. It's a it's a well crafted movie. Just again, yeah. another, another movie that just uh, made well. And yep. um, I remember I'm trying to think of like why because I saw this fairly. I'm probably like the early two, the early to mid two thousands. Like not mm-hmm. like it was my first time was not recent. And yeah, I think that's because around in, in the 2001, 2002 era, not only were you and I becoming like more familiar with movies mm-hmm. in general and kind of building our taste as, you know, yeah. um, 13, 14 year old kids. Yep. Um, this is about the time I became aware in earnest of the Oscars. Mm hmm. And, uh, I would see like, uh, I would see, I would, I would, I would every now and then like turn on the TV and like maybe see an SNL sketch that was referencing the Oscars. Like I remember we talked about games, gangs in New York in a recent episode. Yeah. And I remember specifically like there was a weekend update sketch, um, where they were like, here, talk about the Oscars, you know, is uh, mm. Gollum. And they had, they had yeah. Chris Kattan be Gollum yeah. and they were like, who, who are your picks this year? And he's like, um, 
you know, and of course, like a big, big Oscar nominated, I mean, Gangs of New York, as we said, had 10 Oscar nominations and, and this, yeah. this had Oscar nominations. I can't remember how many it had, but, um, uh, okay, here we go. Six. It looks like it won wow. best cinematography by, for Con- Conrad Hall, mm-hmm. uh, posthumously, but it was nominated for supporting actor for Paul Newman, art direction, mm-hmm. original score, best sound and best sound editing. Um, wow. So a lot of technical awards. Uh, and yeah. then of course, Paul Newman. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and those are all of course great. The art direction is really good. Production design is really good. Yeah. Um, but like this was a, this was one of those movies. This was like one of those like Oscar films, like maybe not like it wasn't like Oscar bait, right? Um, but it was one of those prestige films. I mean, when was this released? I bet you it was in no. So yeah, it was in summer. Okay. Well anyway, Sam Mendes, and, um, I mean, this was it, his, it's was a drama that's, yeah, says it's a, a lot drama of, that's well shot and period piece and yeah, yeah, a lot of deep things happening. Let's see. This was his follow up. Yeah. This was his follow up to American beauty. This was his sophomore oh, wow. film. American beauty was his first. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was just crazy. Directed jarhead. Didn't realize that yes. either. Yep. He's not directed a lot of films, but they're all really great. Yeah. So he, one of his more recent films was 1917. Yeah. Which I've still I never own. seen that. I bought it. I bought it recently because it was on sale after Black Friday and I have not Ooh. seen it. But I was like, I have to watch this. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll watch that and talk about it. Ooh, well, hold on real quick. Where is that? I, I think that's streaming somewhere too. No, it's not. Okay. I'll figure it out because I want to see that. I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, for Sam Mendes, yeah, this is, uh, especially for the director of American Beauty, like this is a, a film that has eyes on it and attention on it. Tom Hanks. And um, so anyway, um, yeah, I, I would still recommend Road to Perdition. It held up. And um, yeah. of course, you know, as, as an adult, and especially as a dad, I can, you know, latch onto it more uh, than, than when I was a kid, a teenager. Yeah. Um, I have more appreciation for the themes and more appreciation for seeing a movie that is made for adults. Um, and I'm really enjoying that about these rewatches is, oh, cool. Like movies made for adults tend to have staying power, like take away all the other factors about them, CGI or problematic story elements or, you know, uh, distasteful directing, whatever else. Yeah. Strip away all those things that possibly hold out, hold back movies that are 20 years old. But the ones that hold up the most are just the ones that were made for adults where they where right. you just go, oh, cool. This isn't going too slow or, oh, we're not spending time on dumb, dumb bullshit. You know, yes. we're we're just following a story as it would happen. Um, there's verisimilitude as we'd like to keep saying on this show, like there's, it's not just a fancy word. that's hard to say like marsupilami. Um, it's, (laughs) it's a, it's, it's a word that I really, um, use with intention because it's not always the right move to make a movie that is quote unquote realistic. Um, the, 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 the the difference was pointed out to me recently of like realism versus naturalism, you know, like naturalism, it realism in movies is this is going to happen the way it would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, like literally, um, the, 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 the bullets of that Tommy gun couldn't possibly pierce the doors of a such and such or no, uh, 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 um, a cupboard, or what do you call them? Like a, like a traveling suitcase would mm. absolutely not stop shotgun yeah. shells from hitting someone that's not proper cover, stuff like that. Like things that people yeah. love to pick apart on the internet and anyone who's yeah. a firearms expert can go, yeah, that door is yeah, not, not reinforced enough to, yeah. you know, that kind yeah. of thing or, yeah. or it totally would that kind of stuff. Realism in movies is not good for movies and people yeah. should not come to movies for realism. Naturalism right. is a creative choice where we're going to go, all right, this won't be hundred percent real, but we're not interested in people looking at this and thinking about movie magic. And right. Road to Perdition is a very naturalistic film where, yeah, it's going to follow like a, maybe a three act structure a little bit, Um, but we're going to have a story unfold and it's going to feel you're going to look at it and feel like, like this is how it happened. Like you're not going to feel like you're watching a movie. Yeah. It's almost like the difference is between realism and naturalism is realism is the bullets 
fire. They pierce this object, but not this object. Naturalism is the bullets go forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they yeah. can do whatever, but they're going to go forward. Yeah. Yeah, realism. This this is what this uh, this what this definition chooses to to say. Realism depicts characters and settings as they would actually have existed, while naturalism concentrates on the biological, social, and economic aspects. Both seek to represent real life, but you know, naturalism yeah. is more of like it's like using realism as a lens, but it's There's not some stylization. Beholden. Yeah, it's yeah. not beholden yeah. to truth because if, with with if if something is one hundred percent realism. It's just journalism. It's just a documentary. Yeah. It's just a documentary. It's just journalism. It's not, you know, you know, real, you can't have realism with characters or plot. Um, Right. Once you introduce characters or plot or any sort of artistry interpretation in there. Yeah. It's now naturalism. So if you're going to be naturalistic, you may as well, you know, uh, steer it towards your, towards your vision. And at which point you're even more or less removed yeah. from realism. So anyways, yeah, exactly. that's a little lesson for you guys you on go. the difference, but uh road to perdition holds up. Sweet. Uh, I don't know where it is anymore to watch by the time you're listening to this. I mean, um, where is it? Is it playing anywhere? No on Paramount plus that's where it is right now as of December okay. 27th. So um, check it out. If uh, everything I just said appeals to you, man. Yeah. It does. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. Well, if Sweet. you if you want to watch it in widescreen, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, go to Paramount Plus. Sweet. Where you can also watch Top Gun Maverick now again. Yes. So, okie doke. Okie doke. That's it. Uh, pretty soon, um, we got uh, the best of 2002 from me. Uh, will Road to Perdition be on it? <gasps> I don't know. Oh my we'll god. See. Oh man. Oh um, man. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Anyway. We'll see. That's it. Yeah, man. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. I'll take the road to being out of here. Yeah. Me.